Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Progeny Podcast. My guest today is Dr. Safa Al-Nahar, who has been working as a dentist for the last eight years in a family-run practice alongside her father and sister. Today we will be discussing dentistry and the modern methods used by dentists. We'll look at the rise of social media and its positives plus negatives, the role of Muslim women in the workplace, plus Dr. Safa's role as a mother and wife. Dr. Safa, thank you for joining us. Um, I always feel nervous when I come to the dentist for some reason. (laughs) Not recently. Um, Maybe today you're on the other side feeling nervous doing this interview. Um, Thank you for coming. I know we've been trying to. Thank you for asking. We've been trying to book this interview for quite some time, but dentists are very difficult (laughs) to get hold of. But thank you for coming. Thank you. The practice you work at. Are specialists when it comes to nervous uh, patients, yes. and this is something that um, is only present at your sort of clinic, from what I know. Yeah, so there are lots of clinics that specialize in treating nervous patients, but we have a unique way of doing this, and our way is called the enjoyable dentistry technique, mm-hmm. and it is something that was created by our principal, which is who's my father. Um, during his master's degree in clinical hypnosis applied to dentistry. And it's really um, a way of, it it does what it says basically on the label, you enjoy your treatment from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. And the way that we do that is we use a mixture of relaxing air, happy air, and also some guided meditation. And it allows our patients to feel so relaxed that they really don't care what's happening during the appointment so you know we do all sorts of treatments we do normal general dentistry extractions fillings but we also do implants um we do a lot of smile design and things like that so all of these appointments can be quite long and they do involve injections local anesthetic um our patients don't feel it they have such a great experience and by the time they come round, they're like you know, it, it feels like half an hour when it's normally been two to three hours. And wow. Yeah. Um, so it's it's something that we know the value of. We we love providing it to our patients and we don't, um, you know, it's complimentary. We don't, we don't even charge for it. But we do that because why should anybody hate going to the dentist or not enjoy their treatment at the dentist um, or be afraid of their treatment? Um, it's something that we value very much as a practice. Uh, so that's... We're very lucky to have won awards for it as well. We've won um, best treatment for nervous patients for three years in a row. This is nationwide, mm-hmm. um, so we're you know it's really nice to be recognised for that. Um, and uh, you just need to speak to our patients. To be honest, they they love it. Your father has uh, has been you know practicing for a long time. Yeah. Um, we uh, as a family we've been patients for quite a long time as well from from my grandfather so this is a third generation at at the clinic um how much of an influence did he have on you becoming a dentist and how much of an influence does he have on you today that's a really good question (laughs) uh obviously he had a massive influence on me becoming a dentist i always say you know, I, I knew I wanted to be a dentist from eight years old. Okay. So what eight-year-old knows that they want to be a dentist? Okay. He definitely brainwashed us. Um, I mean, Did you use that a, gas on a, you? Probably, <laughs> probably. And the, to be honest, yes. Uh, but, you know, I'm very, very grateful that he encouraged us and he made us see that actually it's such a caring profession. 
Um, it is very artistic. You get to use your hands a lot. Um, mm. You get to meet patients, build really nice relationships with your patients. Um, whereas medicine is so caring and it's so lovely, but I think it's just becoming much more difficult nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, or he used the gas. I don't know, because my sister's <laughs> in the business and my brother is studying to be a dentist as wow. well. So we are very much invested in, in you know, the vision. Um, and it is all down to our dad, to be honest. Um, the, uh, you, we were talking about how, how dentistry has changed. Yeah. Um, Everyone nowadays, uh, and I've discussed this with a lot of people, look to create or or take the perfect selfie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, that's one thing I say when I when I speak to people. I say, you know, imagine how many times they had to take that photo for it to come out this good, and for it to come on Instagram. Because yeah. you know, I'm sure they've tried uh, exactly. different shots and different lighting and different angles and. Yeah. And then now what's added to that is the smile. Yeah. Um, and like we said, you know, before people might go to the dentist because they're in pain. Now people go to actually have the perfect smile. Yeah. I'm sure you get a lot of those patients that actually come and literally say, I want the perfect smile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's How do you give them the perfect smile? What is the perfect smile? Wow. Okay. So that's a very good question. Uh the perfect smile, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and it's by my humble opinion, is a smile that you can be confident with, that you can that allows you to smile and allows you to be, you know, the best version of yourself, um, because you have nothing holding you back. You're not afraid. You're not embarrassed. Um, you know, you're not self conscious. That, in my opinion, is the best smile. Now, how you achieve that? Yes, we have principles that we work towards as dentists. Um, you know, which has been researched for thousands of years, for, you know, 4,000 years, people have been studying beauty and proportions in the smile. So that's something that we can learn. But how it looks according to each individual person, uh, there are variations and it can be different. So, you know, we follow general guidelines, but we very much listen to the patient and we ask them, you know, what would you like to see? What bothers you? Um, my first question to my patient is I hand them the mirror and I say, what what is what bothers you? Because I can point out lots of flaws, but if the patient is doesn't see them or is, is doesn't bothered by them, then who am I to say anything? So they have to show it's me exactly. Them. It's up to them. Um, so that, in my opinion, and yes, I mean, I'm not a selfie expert at all. I hate taking photographs, but I think... Um, and there are filters and things you can get now as well. But, yeah. you know, I think it's really not about how you look on, on camera. I think it's how about how you carry yourself in day-to-day life, how you feel about yourself in day-to-day life. And that is, I guess, if I was to put a message out there, I'd say this is what you is more important, in my opinion, and this is what will make you happy and happier in the long term. It's not just about quick fixes, you know, teeth whitening, whitening strips, uh, things like that. Um you know, quick veneers when you don't need them, when your teeth are crowded. Um, there are lots of ways that we can get the perfect smile. And the best way is to go and speak to your dentist. Uh, the, 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 the rise of social media. Yeah. How has that helped with, with your profession? I think it's helped in a lot of ways. Um, firstly, like you said, people are more concerned with how they look. Um, and that helps in that people become more aware of issues and and kind of they become more in tune with themselves 
um, I'm not happy with my smile. I need to sort it out. And so they can come and see a dentist. And that leads me on to the fact that we can now advertise essentially for free on social media um, about mm-hmm. our services and what we do yeah. when people are interested yeah. and people will come and find us. So that's great also. We can really, we found that as a practice, we're able to um, put across our message very easily on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people contact us all the time and they say, oh, we love how you're, the feel of your practice, how everyone's so friendly and you're such a good team and all of that. And that's all through social media. So that's really nice for us. Um and also people are becoming more clued up, they're more aware. Um, they know about treatments that are happening out there, about you know the types of teeth whitening. You know, I have patients that come to me say, I want this, this. They basically just given themselves a treatment plan, um, which is great because they understand what they want. Yep. But then it's my job to you know, fill in the gaps for them and, and give them the full picture. I've, I've read the reviews, well, not all of them, but I've read a lot of the reviews that are, that are available online. You've got really good reviews. Yeah. It seems like everything's um, everything's perfectly going at, at the care dental pl- practice. Is there times where things do go wrong, and and like, how do they go wrong? Because you know, when when I'm there, or you think that everything, or when people see your s- social media, they yeah. think everything's running smoothly. Yeah. What what are the challenges and the problems that you you face day to day? Yeah. So I mean, this is my problem with social media because. You only portray what you want people to see, right? You mm-hmm. don't portray the the bad times or the challenges. And that is with all social media. So there is a smoke screen, 100%, um, because nothing, you can't get to a level uh, where, you know, you have 300 positive reviews without a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the challenges, I guess, firstly, is that, I mean, it's a, it's the biggest blessing that we're a family business. So my sister is the um, business development manager. My father is the principal, obviously. I'm the clinical lead. Um, And our mother is our biggest support. And my brother is studying to become a dentist. So um, that's great that we can kind of, we meet challenges, you know, or disagreements. If we have disagreements, we'll just have it out and then we'll move on. That's fine because we're family. We're not going to, you know, make a big deal about it. But on the other hand, you know, family dinners, Sunday Sunday lunches, holidays, it's all business. It's just business talk. And so it just, it can take over your life a little bit. So that is one challenge. But also, I guess, just trying to keep up, like you say, with the whole social media. Um, we're very particular about our patient journey. You know, we still feel like we haven't, we're always working on trying to achieve the best journey for our patients and the best experience possible. And, you know, there are issues with staffing and training and um, just all the normal issues that dental practices and businesses face. Um, but it goes on behind closed doors so nobody knows about it. Some people think dentists overcharge <coughs> yeah. overcharge their, their yeah. patients. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I know that, you know, for example, dentistry is an ongoing sort of career where you're always studying new things i've noticed that you're always at new courses events where there's new research happening uh, so you're always learning as you go it's not sort of you do the the, the degree and then that's it you're oh, a dentist no. No, no. but you know why why do people think that so i i mean to be honest i think you said this to me before we started and i was mm. very surprised that i haven't heard it but mm. um i can see why i can definitely see why because i think we often get compared to the doctors for example yeah and you know medicine in this country i have 
you know, my husband's a doctor, but not only that, a lot of my friends and colleagues are doctors and they're, what they do is incredible. And they are undervalued in this country and um, it's not fair. Uh, and that comparison, I think, is is kind of negative uh, in terms of how it looks on dentists. But like you said, we are constantly spending money on our on our education if we want to be good and if we want to be outstanding in what we do. So it's constant courses. I mean, there hasn't been a year like I, I'll tell you, this is funny. My <laughs> husband uh, made me sign a contract to, oh, say, okay. to say I will not do any more courses this year oh, because okay, I've because done about done 10. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, just because it was taking up too much time and and but but you, you have this constant hunger to to make yourself better and, and give the best treatment you can for your patients. Um, but not only that, we we've studied for a long time and uh, the work is backbreaking. It is physically backbreaking and the stress from patients. I don't want to make it sound, you know, I love my job. I love what I do. I don't want to make it sound. I wouldn't like oh, um, being a dentist because I'd have to look at down people's mouths. <laughs> yeah, <so everyone's> so <laughs> I mean, but how do you find that? Uh, it's great. Really? I love teeth. Okay. Yeah. It's, so a lot of people actually say that, you know, I can't, I can't, you know. Oh, lots of people. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like, how are you a dentist? How do you look at people's mouths every day? You know, it, if you become specialized in something, it becomes your passion. So, yeah, it's it's great. Dentistry has evolved with yeah. with the cosmetic sides of things. You yeah. know, now you, you can go to a dentist and get Botox. Yes. Um, <laughs> how's, how's, how's that changed dentistry and... When did that start? Is that, is that recent? Or I don't is think that something that came from the US? Um, yeah, I mean, most companies, uh, you know, most of the brands of Botox and fillers and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, they are made in the US. But I think it's uh, sort of a, it was a global thing that happened, I think around, I mean, I can't be sure about the dates, but, you know, probably around 25 years ago. Uh, people are always trying to come up with new ways. How of, long have you been making. a dentist for? I've been a dentist for eight years. Eight years, okay. Yeah, so before me. So, okay, so yeah. you do. Th- you you also do the cosmetic I do, sense. I do, I do both. I, I carry out um, Botox, anti-wrinkle injections and fillers, dermal fillers. And uh, I can prescribe medical grade uh, pharmaceuticals and, and uh, creams. And also um, chemical peels. Basically, you know, what... I've trained in in quite a few aesthetic um, procedures and I really like it. And for me, it's not so much um, changing somebody, the way somebody looks or, you know, uh, I hate the overboard. And I think that uh, everybody's moving away from that, from that kind of look of, of the, of being done. It has to look natural. And for me, the purpose is, again, if it makes you feel better, why not? Someone might be, um, someone might be watching or hearing us, mm-hmm. listening to us, and I've heard this before as well. That's why I'm bringing it up and saying, you know, all the this is all fake. You know, everyone's loud looking for this, you know, perfect selfie they want to take. Yeah. And yeah. We, there's obviously I can see that there's dangers to this as well. Yeah. Where where absolutely, you know, you're, you're you're like you said, you know, you you mentioned nicely that we, in so, the dangers of so, social media is that you only show what you want people to see, yeah. and there's other things that you hide. Not that uh, people hide hide things, but when it comes to um, the rise of uh, mental health mm. issues today, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the rise of depression, and and both men and women. Yeah. 
um, and with the rise of social media, there's dangers in in in, in portraying something yes. that's fake, yeah. but living a different life. And but what you're doing is, if, especially if you're a celebrity and you have a following, is you're getting other people follow this trend yeah. which you're portraying. What what are the? How do you feel about that one? When yeah, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, come come and say, I want this celebrity's lips or this celebrity's nose or whatever. Um, And it's our job as responsible practitioners to kind of unpack that, you know, why do you want it? If people, um, you know, we we, we are constantly uh, screening for mental health problems, uh, you know, whether it's dentistry or whether it's aesthetic, we're not experts. So we we can't, but we, you can get a feel of it. You know, body dysmorphia is a very real thing. If somebody says my nose is too big and it's not, uh, you know, then it is to them. That's fine. But they need a different kind of treatment. They don't need you to, you know, give in to their um, needs, their need at that moment straight away, uh, you know, and I would probably refer to a specialist or, you know, an, an expert in this. Um, so it's a very real danger. We have to be aware of it. Any responsible practitioner needs to be aware of it and needs to have it in their consultation. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, you know, if somebody says, you know, I've hated this bump in my nose for years, is there something you can do about it? And I can do something about it, then you know, and it will make them feel like a million dollars, then that is something which is, I think is really nice to be able to provide. And I like to go one step further and I like to assess everything, uh, including the mouth, including the teeth, because um, doctors are some of the most amazing aesthetic practitioners, um, but they don't have the knowledge of what you can do with your teeth as well to improve the overall face because your teeth sit in your mouth which is part of your face so it has to be a whole picture um and uh the the same with nurses and other practitioners as dentists we're in a unique position where we can actually assess everything and we can offer them um that kind of thing so obviously not all dentists are aesthetic practitioners but if Mm. you are then you can use it to your advantage i think Coming back to this perfect smile, what's yeah. what's the newest sort of uh, technique now to get, you know, obviously I'm guessing the perfect smile has to have white teeth, straight teeth. Uh, is yeah, there you've else? got it actually. There's three components to a nice okay. smile nowadays. Straight teeth, mm-hmm. white teeth, and teeth that are nicely shaped, that are even, symmetrical. What about the lips? Or okay. Lips, you know, lips, <laughs> I personally think, yes, lips, lips are, contribute to it. But that's in terms of dentistry, because like I said, not all dentists are aesthetic practitioners. That's not something that we really can do much about. We need to take note of it. We need to be careful because the position of your teeth can affect the position of your lips. Okay. Um, But again... And the newest technique for those three components? Well, for example, straightening your teeth. A lot of people, a lot of people are doing um, teeth straightening with Invisalign. Um, that's something that I am very that's similar to the braces. About. Yeah, so it's similar to braces. They're clear braces. They're completely clear, mm-hmm. and you um, you wear them basically. They're removable as well, so you wear them for most of the day, about twenty two hours of the day, and um, <clears throat> they eventually straighten your teeth because you change them every week. So they put your teeth in the right place. Now, something like Invisalign, which is probably the most common type of clear brace, um, has about a hundred million pounds worth of research pumped into it every year. So it's something that works. It is completely digital. And um, 
people prefer this to traditional braces because mm-hmm. obviously because of how it looks, but also it's easier to clean your teeth. It's more predictable. Um, so a lot of people are doing this because it's very, it's, it's kind of, it fits into their lifestyle and it's all about lifestyle nowadays. Um, and then the teeth whitening is teeth whitening. You know, it's, it's something that uh, is not allowed to be done by beauticians anymore. It has to be done by a dentist. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, that's something that, has its dangers but it's quite a straightforward treatment to do you know there are things and then also the to change the shape of your teeth there are things that you can do for example composite bonding that's something that's very popular and that is basically a white filling which is perfectly matched to your teeth and either the dentist will sculpt it to give you the result that you want so if Mm -hmm. you have like worn edges uh sharp edges you can create the look that you want um and uh, you do that very easily, very quickly in one appointment, no drilling um, and, you know, essentially no pain or anything. Um, if you want to go further, veneers are an option as well. Veneers are very, very thin covering of the tooth. It just covers the front of the tooth and it's made out of porcelain. Sometimes we need to file the teeth very, very gently for that um, to create enough space for it. But again, it's very nice, very predictable. You can get exactly the look that you want. And what more dentists, more and more dentists are working towards is trying to get the perfect smile in a mock-up first before they go ahead and put the porcelain on. So, um, you know, techniques are moving on. And again, this is why we have to keep up with everything. Um, But there are really nice ways of being able to create the look that a patient wants um, really easily. Um, I want to move on to something quite important, sure. and that's um, Islam. You know, there's no word that says you know women shouldn't work, um, and Islam, whenever it speaks about um, men or women, it addresses them equally. Al mu'minina wal mu'minat, believers, men, and the believing women, um, the fasting men and the fasting women, um, the, the praying men and the praying women. So it's always addressing them equally. Yep. When, when when it speaks about men and women in in, in the in the Quran, um, their roles may differ. Yeah, which is which yes, is something. Yes, I agree that's, that roles that the roles can differ. I don't feel like they uh, they have. I mean, obviously, biologically, nobody can change that. Yeah, you know, of course. A woman yeah, yeah. has to be pregnant and give birth. The role of motherhood, for the example. The role of motherhood is you can't change that, and that yeah. is you know. That's why I meant when they're different. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but for example, we have the example of uh, Khadija, the prophet's yeah, wife. Yeah, being a businesswoman. Yeah. She was yeah. incredible. She was the most amazing. And in the most difficult time. Correct. Where they used to bury their, their, their daughters yeah, when yeah, they were correct, born. Correct, correct. Um, so, you know, I really look up to figures like Khadija, for example, that we have um, in Islam. That, you know, it's 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 okay to to not fall into the old... Uh, stereotypes. It's amazing that you say you 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 look up to to someone like Khadija, and this is this is sometimes uh, and, and I've been questioned this that women Muslim women don't have enough uh, role, role models, models. Yeah. and that's why we ha- will have to have Kim Kardashian as our oh, as our role model, for example. <laughs> yeah, but know. you know they they, they forget the simple, um, uh, you know, not simple, but the the, the beautiful. Um, Story of the prophet of the wife, yeah, uh, exactly. you know, exactly. even the whole marriage, uh, how you know how she, it happened, how it exactly. happened uh, exactly. the fact that she was one of the most uh, the wealthiest women 
and the, uh, during during the time when women used to be oppressed in a way where if someone gave birth to a female then they they'd bury her exactly um you know and the example of the daughter of the prophet and when you think about uh, this is the the best of mankind in islam yeah. the prophet and allah grants him the one daughter where his uh, progeny continues exactly. um, so that, that 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 tells you something i think with regards to the, how islam respects women i always say don't look at muslims in the way they treat women because don't look at certain countries or states where only recently in some countries they allowed women to drive or to vote and say this is islam you know these are these are people that exactly. that are that are muslims exactly. it doesn't mean they represent islam whereas exactly. islam is more and again it goes back to how we um, look at islam and how we define our and then we've sort of made our own religions you know yeah, yeah, according exactly. to the way we think according to our culture our, our traditions culture culture and tradition unfortunately i think gets really mixed in with With, yeah. with sometimes a good thing yeah exactly exactly thing. absolutely and i think actually there's probably lots and lots more role models in islam of know, course of yeah, women yeah, yeah. but they just haven't been documented they haven't mm. been reported on there's no stories about women mm-hmm. because it's always been men that tells the stories or men that were educated in that time interesting and yeah. so that's really unfortunate um And actually, to your listeners, if anybody has an interest in this, please get in contact <laughs> with me because I'm so interested in it. Honestly, it's um, it's really important. Um, you mentioned something important that you know you're you're also a mother, yeah, and a wife, yes, um, and and you're working, and you said just this year you went to ten different courses. Yeah, yeah. How do you sort of balance, you know, being being a mother, a wife? and and working and the fact that you know the, another th- difficult part of your job um it's also the, a fun part i'm sure is working with your family but what happens is is when you're at a lunch on a sunday you end up talking about work when you're on holiday you're talking about work yeah um how do you, how balance, do you balance that it's very difficult i don't i don't know if i've got the right balance to be honest i feel like i'm you know in a good position but i i don't know i mean uh you you have to it, organization is the biggest thing i guess um you have to organize your life you have to um i'm constantly thinking about whether i've given one part enough attention and enough of my time um you know i i, I call it mum guilt mum guilt is always there okay. when you go to work you feel guilty when you come back home if you're doing housework you feel guilty You know, it's it's even if you're spending time with them, you have to push that feeling of guilt aside because you're there with them. You just need to learn to appreciate it more. So um, that's a very real thing. And I'm sure it's the same for fathers. Uh, you know, I'm sure that they feel that also. But I think because of the years and years of um, conditioning that, you know, you're a mom, you should stay home, you should be there for your children, you should do that. It's It's difficult to kind of break away from that. But at the same time, I think it's important for my children to see that I work, that I achieve, that I'm a person in my own right. I'm not just their mother. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a lot to offer society and I have a lot to offer um, my workplace, just like any other person. Um, so that's the way that I see it personally. Um, and you know, I, you mentioned father, but yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that. Yeah. Um, do you think the role of... Like, 
the father's I'm not saying that the father's job should be go out to work and the mother should be at home. Yeah. Not at all. No. Yeah. But a mother's lap uh and I'm just trying to see where you're at, yeah. where you are where on the side. <laughs> yeah. A mother's lap is very difficult to be replaced. Yeah. Would you agree? I do agree. Because you know, I always think that the primary role of uh uh a woman when she gives is to, is to sort of be there. Yeah. But of course I'm not saying she shouldn't go out to work but yeah, she yeah. that's why we spoke I spoke about the balancing part whereas the father mm. uh, you know what I'm I think my husband would disagree with you there to okay. be honest um I I agree with you uh, because I see it in my children you know at the end of the day when they're tired when they've had a bad day or whatever it's always mama you know they come yeah. back they want they want they want me um or when they're sick or you know yes I agree with you and I think that is uh, also a biological part of it but also yes we have a little bit more you know i know what my kids are feeling um and i i can kind of whereas my husband perhaps might not get it quite then and there but you know is that what he would disagree on he thinks uh, yeah he would he, he mean, thinks he'd he's a wonderful father he is I'm completely sure. dedicated to his children and he loves spending time with them and i think that's part of the reason why it's almost you know it's close to a 50-50 split between um our time spent with the kids he he's he works very hard he works six days a week but when we have time off um he's extremely hands-on and he loves to spend time with his children he loves to you know give them that emotional support that um that that i can give also so uh, you know i think it depends on the 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 couple to be honest and the family and the family relationship but yeah absolutely i think mums can't be replaced um but again i think fathers can't be replaced either so you know um i don't think there's a, a rule in that sense the we spoke about the impact of we were speaking about mothers so I, that's what this came to my mind yeah we spoke about the role and the impact of your father as a dentist yeah um on you and the fact that you're a dentist for eight years now yeah. and you're working with him and he's a lovely man yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he used to um, I, I remember when we used to when we were kids and we'd go to these uh caravan trips he used to do small talks for the for the kids and uh, even the, the youth the olders yeah and he he's very well spoken um so so he's he's had an impact a lot on a lot of iraqis That's really nice uh, in the community um but i always feel it's important now that we've mentioned your father to also mention yeah, your, your your mother 100%. you know the the, the the you know especially the fact that islam and the prophet himself gave um, there's so many uh, nice sayings and, and traditions and about the mother and the you know her role and, and what's the role of your no, mother she has on, been on you? such a role model for us she is literally the reason why especially I'm, i speak when i say us i say my my sister but also i'm sure it's the same for my brother mm-hmm. she is so strong and she's so um you know she's supported my father and now she supports us so much um it's without her none of this would have been possible and i know that sounds like a cliche but it really truly is the the the, the reality of it um she was always there for us she didn't she chose not to work she chose not to um study which is actually really interesting um that we now are not like that yeah so um, yeah fun. but but again we also saw the the effect that it had on her you know i she um 
wished at that point that she did have something else okay. to do. Um, but you, it's but nice she, that you mentioned she chose. She chose. She like chose. And that was a choice that she made, but it wasn't an easy choice. And it was yeah. a big sacrifice. It was a big sacrifice for her because she's an extremely intelligent woman. Now that we're older, she uh, has her own jewelry business. Nice. Which I like to advertise. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, she, uh, she's an amazing jewelry designer and uh, she studied for an MBA as well. So she's... Um, Very good. You know, she she did con- come back to, to concentrating on herself and her own career afterwards. But I think all those years, um, you know, it, what she was feeling in those years was perhaps she wasn't reaching her maximum potential. Um, but we appreciated it as children, 100%. Yeah. But I don't know, I it, the honest answer is I don't know if it would have affected us if she'd gone to work or not. You know, I think that st- we would have been fine, um, probably. But I can't say that because yeah, we didn't live through it. So, and I think it's different uh, yeah, um, yeah. with with that sort of generation of yeah. Iraqis. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm speaking as an Iraqi as well to yeah. to sort of the 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 newer generation, and and especially now, I think when you're when you're married, uh, most of the times uh, both the couple need to work. Yeah, uh, I mean financially. Financially, yes, I agree. Yeah, uh, that's that's the first thing, and and secondly, I always say that. Um, you need every every human being is unique and has a potential and yes. has has dreams and ambitions and aims in life. Yeah, and I don't think it should be for anyone to stop that. Yeah, uh, and the worst part is if you stop it yourself. And I'm talking generally about a lot of men and and mostly w- women who who think that oh maybe I shouldn't do this course or maybe I shouldn't work or yeah. maybe I shouldn't pursue this because I'm a mother, yeah. but, uh, you know, mashallah, in our community, we have many women who we are do. both, uh, you know, wives, mothers, and, and, and they're working, yeah. and they're in yeah. great professions, and they've proved that um, they can, you know, they can balance that. You know, you, you, you mentioned that, I don't know if I'm actually, if I've got the right balance, but mashallah, you're doing it. Alhamdulillah, uh, I think I think it is, uh, it's, it's about, I think if, whatever you want, you can achieve it. It's just about how you're going to do it. And you need to have a system and you need to be organized and you need to, um, you know, uh, I always say, write everything that you want down and then see how it can be achieved. And does it all fit together as well? If something needs to be sacrificed, that's fine. Put it on hold and then come back to it in the future. I think it's, um, you know, it can be achieved. It just might be a little bit more difficult, but that's okay. Difficulty puts us in, uh, it, it makes us grow. And I think that's really important. Um, and uh, the need for this in dentistry, it specifically has uh, allowed me and my sister to actually set up a support group for this. Okay. Um, we've done that for women, um, not Muslim women, not Iraqi women, all women all in women. dentistry. I was going to ask for, if you have some advice, now you've mentioned this. Yeah, so well, that's the thing. So if you want to, uh, achieve something but you feel like you can't because you're a woman for whatever reason you have children you know you have to balance all sorts of things and whatever we want to set up a, a sort of a group where we can help each other you know get closer to our goals um, because it bothers me that if a man sets a goal he's able to achieve it relatively easily um, but a woman it's more difficult um, so why can't we help each other 
you know, and we're not in competition with each other. I don't believe there is such a thing as competition. Because between men and women, you mean? Between men and women, no, mm. uh, but also between women and w- women. Women, okay. You know, like uh, people say, oh, why are you bringing, why are you helping other dentists? Well, what do you mean? We're all in the profession together. We need to support each other. We need to help each other. Mm. Otherwise, everybody's just isolated in their own, you know, little bubble. Um, and you can feel alone and you can feel inadequate, especially with social media. Um, so let's all come together, pull our ideas, pull our energy, and hopefully try and achieve something better for ourselves. This support group, uh, how how do people reach out to you? Is so right? we've had one meeting so far, but okay, we're planning nice. another one um, very soon. Uh, it was started off very small, um, but we've had so much interest. People have literally been messaging us left, right, and centre, being like, I want to be involved. I want to know. Um, so it's... We came together as a group of about 20 uh, women, not Mm -hmm. only dentists, we had some technicians um, and some other people from from the business. Um, And we talked about basically all of the challenges that we're facing. And we have all different experience levels. We've got, you know, practice owners and we've got people who've just graduated. And it's really nice to be able to because, for example, a new graduate knows all about social media. They grew up in social media. Mm -hmm. So they can help as somebody who is you know, a, a practice owner Been and then exactly years. and then so. and then vice versa. Um, and we're interested in things like nutrition and mental health and, you know, how to achieve that balance. Um, and also we are, as women, underrepresented in a lot of official dental bodies. So, for example, uh, you know, all of our associ- associations, cosmetic dentistry, all of these. So it would be nice to be able to, you know, have women in those positions to be able to represent us properly well dr safa thank you very much for joining thank us you today so much. Uh, i've enjoyed this chat uh, i hope everyone has sort of benefited and taken something from it and we wish you and your family all the best thank, thank you. you so much thank you